Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, State Farm, and AutoTempest.com. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. And thank you, Alec Webb. Welcome, everyone, to MotorWeek podcast number 180. I am John Davis in our Studio C headquarters at MotorWeek Central. And around our table today is writer-producer Brian Robinson. Happy to be here. Our road test producer, Ben Davis. Hey Our assistant road test producer, Greg Carlos. Also happy to be here. And our video producer, wow. editor, who stepped out from behind all of his hardware, Joe Ligo. Also, it's my fault, Greg's position is online content coordinator. That's the second I wrote, time you've done I wrote that. the wrong thing on the podcast. He, 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 he did, he did get a promotion. Doing this. You know, he got, you know. And he got promoted like a year ago, so it's my fault for screwing right, that up. So right. sorry, Greg. You'll make it up promotion. to him, I know. He'll always be an assistant road test producer in my heart. Yeah. If I had had any brains up there, I would have caught that before I said it. But then again, moving on. This is... Joe is the producer of our podcast, and he decided today that we would do a green car podcast. So we're going to be talking about four different electrified vehicles that we've recently tested. And we'll still have our lightning round and a viewer question. And we're going to start off. No, no, no. Don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. We'll We'll start off with what has to be the most talked about and anticipated electric vehicle and probably car, period, uh, in the last several years, and that is the Tesla Model 3. And recently, we had a chance to, uh, thanks to a, a very nice owner who brought his by our studio, to spend a lot of time with the 3 and talk to him about it. And Ben, you've shot the bejeebies out of the I vehicle sure have. and Jeez. drove it more than I did. Yes, so I what did you think? I was impressed with the car. And uh, I like the suspension. It's more of a European feel than uh, what I remember from the S. Very akin to a 4 3 Series in that matter. The old 3 Series. Yeah, the one that mattered. The driver's. Ouch. (laughs) And while this car does have some autonomous capability, it's not the reason I would buy the car. uh, Because it still is very much a driver's car. Steering is nicely weighted and super sharp off-center. So it is fun to throw it around and toss it around, and you got that score to power underfoot all the time. Um, this was a two-wheel drive model, um, and you can get it in all-wheel drive. I just had a blast driving it. I mean, what can I tell you? Uh, I spent a little bit more, less time, a lot less time in it than you did, and mostly in the passenger seat. And my impression was it was pretty quiet inside. There wasn't any wind noise, which is often a bugaboo of of uh, vehicles that are basically during their ramp-up of production. It did have a little bit more rear suspension noise than I thought, and I think there's a lot been written. I'm not going to add too much to it. Some of the body seams are not as tight as you might think they should be. But the car seemed extraordinarily competent. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some. It's very minimalist on the inside, and I think our our friend who brought the car to us, one of the things he doesn't like about it is the big center screen, which virtually every control is on it, uh, doesn't tilt at all. And I and when I was sitting in the passenger seat with a red jacket on, it was reflecting so bad he couldn't really see what he needed to see to operate the car. So it has some deficiencies. But also, when you compare it, basically this is half the price of a, of a Model S. Um, it looks like they've, if he can actually build them, being Mr. Musk, uh, they will 
do just fine. It was it, certainly the quality of the fit and finish on the interior I thought was quite good. Um, the ventilation system uh, seemed to work uh, quite better than I expected. I almost anticipated where you were sitting. And it remained done. hidden, too, pretty much. Totally hidden, yeah. except, for, except for the slit for the air to come out. Exactly. I mean, Seats were super comfortable, too. And uh, Did I, the minimalist aspect, though, of not having any physical controls except for a couple of stalks in the steering wheel bother you? Not at all. I, I got used to it real fast, and yeah. I thought it was beautiful. I was um, uh, in front of uh, uh, that car was a red car. I was in front of a white car the other uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, coming back from York, uh, Pennsylvania. And I must say, I think it's color dependent. The white car looked smaller and not as expensive. I thought that red car we had was was very nice looking. Mm -hmm. The uh, front of it reminds me of the old Corvairs. Yes, (laughs) yes. How it's such a big vertical uh, or a little or a little bit like the old Renault Caravels. Remember what they looked like with that kind of fast. Yeah, very. But I have a lot of history with the Caravels. It's unique to itself. That's for sure. It it looks it looks more expensive than it costs. Question is, do you think it should have been a utility with every other automaker who puts out? Well, it's going to be. Well I, well, I know they're going to do a utility version, but it seems like every other automaker, even the Chevy Bolt, is trying to pretend it's a utility. That seems to be like they're, they're if they're going to build an EV, they want to play it safe and make it a utility rather than, I guess, the Interesting three question. is a five-door It's a, five a, door it's a good question, but this, I think if they were devi- designing it today, maybe they'd think about that. But, you know, this car's been in gestation a long time. Well, Brian. I think their whole point was to, to create the next-generation sports sedan mm-hmm. that everyone else to be the new 3 Series. To be the new 3 Series. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think that's... That's why it's not an SUV. I think that's probably yeah, absolutely sure. correct. An SUV and, version and, will come soon enough. And frankly, I think they might not have gotten the groundswell of opinion on this vehicle if it had been something else, more utility. They put the performance of the car first. I think Brian's got a very good point. Uh, speaking of utilities, Jaguar has actually gone the route that you were talking about with their I-Pace. Um, this is their uh, Pace, is their SUV lineup, basically. The I-Pace is all electric, and I had a chance to uh, drive it about two weeks ago. Uh, Very limited, but I wanted to see whether uh, the vehicle really handled like a Jaguar, and that was the primary thing they did allow us to do, was do some handling on a very tight, closed course. Of course, it's fast. I mean, this uh, this thing still persists that people think that... um, uh, electric cars are not fast, but they are. This one has almost 400 horsepower. It's not a comparable vehicle to the Tesla X, their big SUV. I do think, even though it's smaller, it could be comparable to the Tesla S. So it's it's larger than the uh, three uh, Tesla Model 3, but it's smaller than the S. It's very sleek looking. I would say downright sexy. Uh, it has a, a range that's reasonable. It's about 230 miles, so it's not uh, as long as you can get in some of the Tesla models. But it was a pretty special vehicle. And the interior is very Jaguar, both in the uh, quality of the materials and the control layout. So rather than have a minimalist approach, it's fairly complicated on the inside. Um, almost everybody that drove it, I think, was very impressed based on the limited experience we had with it. Jaguar made a big deal about the fact that they have beat the Germans to the market with an all-electric uh, vehicle in this class. And um, yeah, I wish them well. I thought it was pretty exciting. 
Is it, is it an all-new chassis that's going to have other vehicles on it, or is it this is based a, on It is an all-new chassis. Uh-huh. Uh, they uh, described it basically, you know, as a, a skateboard-type uh, chassis, so they can do just about anything they want on it. They weren't going to tell us about anything else that was coming, but clearly you could do other vehicles on this. An electric chassis. Land Rover. No, I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> I don't think that. I mean, we've already heard lots of rumblings yeah, out of Land Rover. It's a matter Rover. of time. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. Um, they certainly, you know, it wouldn't be a huge vehicle, but it certainly could be would be totally different because that's what they've been doing. Even well, though they've been sharing chassis, they don't they look know, anything They like know how to other. get their money's worth out of a chassis yeah. there. Yeah. So they spread their costs well, it seems. Moving on to something that's, and it's 70, um, 75000 give or take, uh, to start. So it certainly isn't cheap. It's sixty nine five is the MSRP, but I think you're not going to see one for less than seventy five or eighty. Uh, vehicle rolling into, and I should go back and, and point out that Tesla Model Three we had, which is a thirty-five thousand dollar vehicle to start. The one we tested was fifty thousand, right? Because right? yeah. it was a long-range battery. Yeah, they're not there. even going to build the the base model for like right. another year or something. Yeah. yeah. So the, these are not really uh, challengers yeah. to something like the the Nissan Leaf or the uh, Chevrolet Bolt EV, at least as far as price. Not this one, anyway. Okay, something that's very practical that's out now, and I think we generally quite like it, is the Kia Nero PHEV. We certainly like the Nero without the PHEV aspect. Uh, who wants to start there? 1.6 liter engine, electric motor, 139 horsepower. What's the all electric range? Uh, it's under 15, it's, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. Is it under 15? I thought it was 26. That's what I remember. That's what I thought. Is it that, that much? That yeah. I think yeah. that's right. Uh, it's uh, it's not as it has more range than a lot of the European stuff that we've been seeing in the PHEV area, but it's not a Chevy Volt. With the yeah, I didn't I didn't get much time with it. The Nero is growing on me. I kind of hated on it when it first came out, mainly because they call it a SUV when it doesn't even have all. Just because it's but a square hatchback. Yeah, that's beside the point. Uh, it's kind of you know our long term is kind of growing on me. It's a pretty comfortable car. Uh, rides really nice. This uh, just gives you the added. Uh, electric uh, bonus so reminds me of the ford's a newer like ford c-max like it's just a, a high a tall hatchback yeah. it's a much more tolerable c-max in terms of styling that's yes for sure. yeah, the <laughs> c-max is very euro looking. it's enough range to get me to work not that i would be able to plug it in once i got here you but can here <laughs> well, I'd be fighting until somebody else got one. There's only one right. here but the it's worth the uh, little bit of extra money for me just to have just to be able to plug it into a spot closer to a store that has uh, plug-in power. Mm-hmm. Uh, like pref- preferred parking for EV customers. Yeah. I mean, that's where they're right there. There's a couple spots in Ocean City that are never taken up, and they're prime spots. You just, I mean, it, it wouldn't be fair to plug into it for somebody that might have a pure EV. I would feel like I was robbing them of a spot, but but for me, it's it worth it. Available, you wouldn't feel bad for long. Yeah. No, you. I'm just <laughs> trying to like set up the image that I would feel bad, but uh-huh. I wouldn't. I personally think these PHEVs, and for that matter, the all-electric vehicles, even with limited range like the older Leafs, uh, they make a lot of sense if you need a second vehicle and the person going to be driving it uh, doesn't drive very much. You know, they just run into the store once in a while or town. You know, you never have to stop and gas it up. I think they're really Mm -hmm. terrific. I just hope the prices keep coming down. Yeah, way down. For me, it's kind of a tale of two cars because Mm -hmm. I have a – <clears throat> quite a hefty highway commute in so 
I like the the Nero, even the the standard Nero and the PHEV. It's actually a really nice city car around town. Switching back and forth between battery and the hybrid, and, and, and yeah, it's really pretty seamless. But we're I getting say, forty some miles to the gallon on that, almost fifty. Yeah, but know. I just don't like driving it on the highway. I, it's it's loud. Um, it's hard to keep your speed up, mm. um, and I don't know. I just I think that's a car that belongs more in just running around town running and around. quick jaunt things. So I think it's something to consider if you do have a. I know the fuel economy is enticing, but if you do have a long commute on a highway, maybe you should test drive it out there and just make sure you can live with that on a daily basis because I'm not sure I could. That's You're tall. Did, do you feel pinched when you get in it? No. I think uh, I've never noticed a problem, I should say that. How so, tall are you? 6'3". Uh, okay. So, yeah. That's I'm, actually I've never, pretty significant, I, I think. I would tell you that I've had plenty of problems getting into our previous X1. I just remember mm-hmm. having trouble fitting in that car until you got in the seat and put it all the way down. That seat would go very low. But I've never had a problem with the Nero. <laughs> the other PHEV we've had in recently is the 2018 Mini Cooper uh, SE Countryman uh, All 4. I'm a Mini Cooper fan. I've not been a crazy about the past Countryman's. I like this one better. But here is a case, uh, you know, for 37650 bucks to start, about whether or not it's really worth the extra money for the all-EV uh, uh, range, which, Brian, isn't it uh, pretty low? Maybe that's the one I was thinking it was under 15. I think it's I'm around sure. 15. 12 or 13 on that one, yeah. And it's like, um, it's a lot of extra money. I've forgotten. Oh, it's ten grand more than the Nero plug-in. Granted, they're not competitive. I think in the it's same like market, even eight but... grand more than the the Countryman without the uh, uh, the electric. But I guess what Mini's doing here is there's a lot of rumblings that Mini wants to be quote unquote BMW's electric brand. That's different, of course, from from their iBrand. Uh, and uh, they are looking at making all of their vehicles in the next generation electrified in one way or another. And, we've, of course, they're not new to the electric uh, game, but uh, this vehicle seems a lot more practical than the last one. It's a little more complex than a regular plug-in hybrid only because um, the all-wheel drive system is all electric. All electric. Yeah, that's the engines. It's not like a hybrid where just an electric motor made it on the engine. This one had electric motors on the rear wheels that powered the rear wheels. So, and it didn't have a there was no electrification of the front wheels, right? Correct. It's yeah. strictly the 1.5 liter turbo mm-hmm. powering the front wheels, strictly the e-motor powering the rear wheels. And, and because of that, it handled I felt anyway a little clunky, not at all like you would expect a mini to handle. It it's kind of really didn't give me that. The only reason I would buy a Mini is because they are fun to drive, and uh, that one didn't seem the weight, anywhere weight near was thrown off. Yeah, a little. And just uh, the weight and just the, with the different power sources kicking in. Uh, it's it was quick though. That uh, does give a definite boost in uh, straight line speed if you get your battery charged. So other than that, I think it's very significant though that it uses electric only for the rear. Um, the um, Toyota's done that. Yeah. Rap, the I think it's the, the new Rav. Uh, Highlander. No, Highlander. Highlander yeah. Yeah, old Rav Fours did too. Yeah. And the Rav Four as well. It had the I all wheel drive on the right. Rav Four. But when you're thinking about future SUVs, and our next, our our question from the uh, uh, 
viewer question basically pretends towards this. When you're thinking about space utilization, right now virtually every crossover has a lot of space. It has to be taken up by a drive line that's running from the engine to the rear wheels. This solves that problem by having electric motors. Yes, you've got to have a battery somewhere, and yes, it's more complex. But from space utilization, it makes total sense. And I, for one... Can't figure out why we haven't seen more of them. It, it must be cost. Well, cost packaging, like you said, it had it had a much smaller fuel tank because it, mm-hmm. some of those batteries ate into where they would normally store the fuel tank. So even with the electric uh, hybrid power, you had less range than you would a normal gas countryman. Let's get on into our, our viewer question, and this comes from Wes from Denver, and uh, it plays right into this. As you mentioned on a previous podcast, the minivan segment has had some great uh, success recently and has great features. Why, Mike, his question is, why don't manufacturers start incorporating all of the creature comforts of minivans into crossovers, trucks, and cars? He then points out to things like Chrysler's stow-and-go seating, uh, which, by the way, is unique to uh, FCA's uh, uh, minivans. I personally think a lot of it is that space they've got to use up for the drivetrain and so forth. Anybody have another comment on that? Um, yeah, it would have to be front-wheel drive, which most crossovers are. Uh, I don't see why they couldn't have a front-wheel drive only one have folding through the floors. But really, it's just the construction of the interiors are totally different. You got the minivan sits so low, mm-hmm. you know. It, I think you would have And that's trouble. a very good point. Yeah. Minivans sit much lower than your average crossover. Yeah, I think, honestly, the mechanics of getting up and stowing into the seat or to the floor would be a little bit harder in an SUV. Yeah. And then, well, there's also his email as the producer. I trimmed his email a little because it was a little bit long. But he was also getting you, at – You messed with his words, Joe. I'm no, so disappointed. I, did, I didn't add any words. I just trimmed it. But he, so, he Wes, was also, don't get upset out he there. He was also alluding to stuff like the Honda intercom system and the uh, Stone VAC. And like just oh, when okay. he said features, <laughs> like he, mean, he meant Stone Go, but then also – the well, a lot stuff. of that stuff's just marketing to get people to actually look at, at minivans. But I mean, yeah, could people you are put buy a, SUVs anyway? Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. it's, so you're. But do you think that it would be worth the trouble to put in these other little, you know, gimmicky entertainment? Why don't you get a Home vac- Depot yeah. and buy a battery powered vac and stick it in the back? Yeah, I think the Highlander you can get the intercom, but I think part of it is a lot of people when you buy minivans. I think people use that third row a lot more. Mm-hmm. Most people with three row, especially crossovers. The third row is kind of an emergency use kind of thing. Occasional use. It's not like minivans where people buy them just to pack them full of people. True. There is no more useful vehicle than a minivan. I just heard that that right now. Okay, thanks, Wes, (laughs) and thanks, everybody. Um, We do have a lightning round question. Uh, We all get about 30 seconds uh, to each of us to share an opinion. Uh, We're not doing the old style where we all talk over each other. So here's the question. The Tesla Model 3 does not come with a key, uh, a traditional key. Instead, all of the key functions and a lot more are controlled by the Tesla smartphone app. What do we all think about phones replacing the car key? Ooh. I must go first on this because (laughs) I had lunch with the owner and coming back out into the car – he had uh, an issue either with his phone glitching out or the app glitching out, and we sat for 10 minutes. So is your phone, wow. guys. 
there's a lot of issues that can go. If my phone's not crashing, guaranteed an app's crashing. Mm-hmm. And uh, to have that the sole reliability. And he did have some cards that came with the car that were supposed to start it in lieu of a key, but they weren't working. <laughs> and then to get everything reestablished, he had to put in his Tesla customer number, which he wasn't sure of off the hand. So mm-hmm. it was like a, a leap of faith. And we got it 10 minutes later. But if a tornado was coming down the alley and we had to get <laughs> out of there, we would have been done. <laughs> So, I I agree with you. I mean, I think now I'm the oldest one sitting at this table, and uh, to me, it's like I, I, I accept key fobs. Okay, they're I think they're fine, and I accept even uh, keypads on this like Ford's used for a long time on the a lot of their products. Uh, I think there's a lot of other options, but to just not have any physical key whatsoever just assumes that everybody's going to be walking around with a fully operating uh, fully charged. and fully charged phone. Oh, not to jump yeah. back in, but it had no on-off button either, so yeah. you just walk away from it, and it eventually locks itself and turns itself off. Mm. It, I don't think I could ever get used to that. Anybody else? Um, I you're, all right, you're 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 younger than I am by a, str- a long stretch. Yeah, just a few years. So, and you live on your phone a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you're probably the best qualified, phones. Dan, to talk about this. I like the idea of having the ability to use to to unlock and start my car on my phone. But I side with Ben that I think you you, you can't get rid of a physical key. There are just way too many things that can go wrong. As good as technology is, as good as phones are, as good as apps are going to get, there's still going to be a situation where you need a physical key. So I don't see that ever going away. I mean, you said something about cards. I didn't really know. I don't really know what that is. So it's like a card. card. That's what I meant. Credit card size. Uh, Yeah. yeah. You just hold it up to something. Like a proximity thing. If you have it in your wallet, apparently it'll it'll, it'll act as a a regular key. At that rate, why not just give me a key? No. Does anybody yeah. I could disagree with, the card. with this, Joe or, or Brian? Uh, for me, it's a security thing. I mean, I love the feature. I'm like Greg. I love the fact that you can do stuff with your phone to turn your heat on, turn the air conditioning on, do all that. I just relying only on your phone with no sort of manual override makes me makes me nervous. Yeah, you'd I have just, to have a backup. Okay. So enough said. No more piling on. Uh, anyone have a rant or rave about anything today? Is it my imagination, or have, or in our area around Baltimore, are driving skills deteriorating rapidly and even further? It's oh funny you mention that because I've noticed one accident at least a day for the last at least week. So and then I noticed one this morning on the way in on Black Rock. Mm-hmm. Every day I, I see a crash. So I, I agree with you, but I want to go further. What's the answer? Because it seems like it's just worse know. news every day about people's driving ability. So what is the what's the solution? We've to had this? two or three fatal two car accidents in our area this week. And yeah. it's not and we're only on, on you know middle of the week. I think to take it it's even a step further than Joe. I mean, I well, yeah, you have to educate more. How you do that, I don't know. I'm not the one like, to answer I feel like it. driver's tests but are the same now as I, they were 30 years I ago. I wonder if specifically in our area it has to do with – because you always notice a rise in accidents around daylight savings time. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. um, we've had some not-so-great weather, especially this mm-hmm. far in the spring. I think, honestly, people are just mad. Maybe, they are yeah. less patient. You see it all the time. I'm not judging anybody. I certainly feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But I think that frustration. Could, I think you could definitely attribute some <laughs> of those that rise in accidents to that. Maybe. 
And another thing that, I, that I've seen quite a few times to add on to the rant is when somebody's turning right on a uh, yellow-lined <laughs> road and the person behind you no longer feels the need to wait, so they will cross the double yellow mm-hmm. into the other lane and pass you. Like, it's just normal. Like, that's yeah. – I don't remember ever learning where that's okay to that do. Happens- and sometimes it's not even when there's nobody coming. The the four lanes in front of our build our building. How many times have you guys ever gotten passed in the ch- turn lane? Oh sure, that's scary. Oh, that's that a thunder left. I have. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, pass people on pass the left. You in the turn. People yeah, will go it's, into it's the turning lane. But to I have pass a lot you. of people yeah. pass you on the in the shoulder. If you're on, if you're out on the interstate and it's rough traffic, and they're going to get off, you know, half mile down the road, and there's no lane yet to get off, no exit. No. Hop over onto the uh, shoulder and go. Scary stuff. Yeah, oh, it's like goodness. I don't think rules, highway rules, seem to mean much for anybody anymore. Well, this morning, uh, somebody with a, a DC license plate came Ooh. shooting out of a side street uh, in front of me and about five other cars. You know, basically bumper to bumper. Didn't stop at a stop sign. Didn't pause. Didn't do anything. Just went. So I don't know. A friend of mine just had a brand new Q7 backed into in a parking lot yesterday. Did they leave his number? Their number? Yeah, they were. Everybody was everybody in the car was when it happened. Mm. Yeah. So and and that's with a, probably a backup camera. Saved up uh, all their money to finally buy the Q7, uh, only to have it hit shame, within man. the same week. Parking lots are scary. <laughs> was the car that backed into them new enough to have a backup camera? Nah, that's a good question. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I feel like our next podcast, we should have an answer to how we can fix bad driving so we can yeah, just natural uh, selection. Right? Leave me no, no. Autonomous natural cars, right? <laughs> autonomous cars. Oh, no. Not again. Yeah. All right. Thanks Shut very up. much, everybody around the table. Brian Robinson, Ben Davis, Greg Carlos, and Joe Ligo. I'd also like to thank our um, audio engineer, Jim Bigwood, for making us all sound bright and cheery, and our podcast creator, Bob Mixter. Uh, We hope, of course, that you not only enjoy our podcast, but also Motor Week, the television series that you can catch on public TV stations around the country, and also the Velocity Channel. If you're not sure where to find us or how to set your DVR, go to our website, motorweek.org, pull down the schedule uh, link button at the top, and Put in your zip code and away you go. How about a magazine? I read that all the time. Yeah, well, we don't quite have a magazine (laughs) yet. Only in our minds. It should be on Motor Trend Network. (laughs) Thank you very much. Everyone stay well. And thanks for being a part of Motor Week. You've been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, State Farm, and Autotempest.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at motorweek.org. And watch Motorweek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.